Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Marcel Brown has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Marcel. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, May 17th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And uh, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Joining us today, we're very happy to have Ant Pruitt, contributor from Tech Republic, on the show. How's it going, Ant? Unbelievable as always. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, I'm only sorry that Len Peralta won't be here today. His son is graduating, uh, but he did draw art for us in advance of the show that we'll share. Oh, with really? You. Yeah. A little bit later, we'll get to that. But let's start wow. with a few tech things you should know. We're going to start on a sad note because Grumpy Cat has passed away. Grumpy's family said that she suffered complications from a urinary tract infection and died on Tuesday at the age of seven. Grumpy's internet stardom spanned far and wide, including countless memes, merchandise, books, even a Lifetime movie. Moment of silence for Grumpy Cat. R.I.P. Grumpy. Minecraft Earth is a free-to-play AR game for iOS and Android. The game has six distinct elements. Some people are kind of comparing it to Pokemon Go. Uh, Tappables let players collect resources as they walk around. Adventures are augmented reality mini-games that you play out in public spaces. Build Plates lets you collect materials and then collaborate with other people on buildings. Exploration lets you interact inside those buildings. And Sharing shows off your creations to the public. Minecraft Earth will launch in a closed beta this summer. Digital Trends conducted some Samsung Galaxy S10 5G speed tests on Verizon in Chicago, and the results are impressive. In April, the Moto Z3 with the Moto Mod allowed download speeds of 450 megabits per second, according to the speed test app by Ookla, peaking at 624 megabits per second. Okay, sounds all right. Mm -hmm. The Galaxy S10 5G hit 1.3 gigabits per second. However, a Verizon 5G node in Chicago can only deliver 5G speeds for about a block and a half. So there is some infrastructure to be had. Supercomputer maker Cray, which we recently mentioned is working on a supercomputer here in the United States, announced that HPE 
That's Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Remember, Hewlett Packard split into the consumer division with the printers and computers. Uh, that's HP Inc. HPE is their enterprise services. That's a separate company now. Anyway, HPE is going to buy Cray for about $1.3 billion. In a statement, HPE said the move will increase their market share with federal and academic customers, as well as offer supercomputing products uh, to commercial clients. HPE said the deal will likely close in the first quarter of 2020, so about a year from now. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Amazon Pay in India. I think this is especially important for you folks in North America, maybe even Europe, uh, to understand because it's a trend that's not really catching on in your part of the world. Amazon added flight ticket purchases to its Amazon Pay service in India in partnership with a local travel service called ClearTrip. Amazon Pay is becoming what folks are now calling a super app. Uh, so in Amazon pay, you can now you'll be able to buy your plane tickets, but also you can buy movie tickets, order food delivery, buy your bus tickets, pay your utility bills, your power, your water, your cable, uh, top off your phone. Cause a lot of people in India do the, do the pay by the minute, pay by the megabyte sort of thing. Last month, Amazon added peer to peer money transfer into its Android app in India. Uh, so that makes it a little faster you can avoid some fees, super apps, are a trend in India as well as Asia. If you think about WeChat in China, that's essentially the proto super super app. India's top mobile wallet, Paytm, and ride-hailing app, Ola, both just added credit cards this week. Uh, so iPhone kind of behind in, in that situation. TechCrunch points out another example, a call screening app called TrueCaller uh, in India has added messaging and payments. So I think this is something to keep an eye on, both in India, Southeast Asia, obviously China, uh, Japan and Korea as well. Um, and I'm curious if it's happening in other parts of the world. The email us feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com because it seems like particularly messaging apps, but also payment apps and a few other kinds of apps trying to become platforms to say, hey, you can do a bunch of stuff in here. You don't have to go out to other apps on your phone. Well, and, and, you know, markets uh, differ depending on the region. You mentioned WeChat, Tom, and I remember the last time that I was in Beijing, which was, I don't know, almost five years ago now, you know, WeChat was, that's where you did everything. Um, it, it wasn't just, you know, it was ride hailing. It was, yeah, paying, paying friends, uh, chatting, photos, the whole thing happened inside WeChat. And, you know, for a time it was kind of like, okay, well, I guess, you know, it, it just, that's just the way that the market's going, um, you know, in mainland China. But if you think about Amazon Pay expanding in a, in a very similar way in India, my question is, why, why don't we do this in yeah, the U.S.? Uh, Aunt, do you have any uh, theories on, on why this isn't really taking off here in North America as much? I think it's a trust issue myself. Um, I think Amazon figures, let's go away from the homeland, if you will, and focus on trying to get some pilot testers, if you will, and just just go from there. But uh, the trust between Amazon, Facebook and Google here in the U.S. continues to decline, whether we like it or not. That could be it, because Messenger has tried to build itself like this and has not succeeded. Right. Mm -mm. Not one bit. Yeah. And that that could very well be that people are like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to make payments through Messenger because, <laughs> like you say, I, I don't trust you with my payment. information. <laughs> I also think, you know, even if it's not a trust issue for me, it's like I am so used to standalone services that do one thing. Right. And hopefully do it well. Right. right. So uh, Facebook Messenger bundling in, you know, payments into Messenger. I'm like, OK, I don't know. I just like already have this other way that I, you know, will like pay friends or, you know, <laughs> ask for, you know, my share of 
the, the you know dinner bill later on. So it's it it it's sort of this weird way of like doing things the hard way that we're just used to. Yeah, and like you say, uh, you know, different regions, different. Uh, they they did a, a special on India on the Phileas Club recently with Patrick Beja, where they talked about the fact that in India, which has multiple languages and and lots of people who are are very upset at each other over politics, which would sound familiar in the United States. They have Shocking. no problems with electronic voting. They have standardized machines. The election commission is generally trusted there. Uh, and electronic voting is not an issue. It's seen as a positive, partly because people don't mind getting an elect- a voting ID. Uh, and here in the United States, you bring up bring uh, government-issued IDs, all of a sudden it causes a lot of mistrust uh, right. for various reasons. Let's talk about cars, shall we? Spotify began public testing of its first hardware product, a voice-controlled smart assistant called CarThing. I love the name. It plugs into the 12-volt outlet, like the cigarette lighter or, or something equivalent. It connects to the car and your phone over Bluetooth. A circular screen shows what's being played, and a series of buttons can be linked to playlists as well. Spotify says it'll use the device to learn more about how people listen to music and also podcasts. Spotify trademarked voice thing and home thing in addition to car thing, so... Sounds like there's stuff on the horizon. Spotify will contact selected premium users in the U.S. in the next few weeks to offer the chance to try CarThing for free. It's uh, Spotify's Internet of Things. And what will it cost after you've tried well, CarThing for free and, and become enamored of it? Spotify says they're not getting into hardware, uh, that they just want to use this to gather research. I'll be curious if this just kind of goes away and they're like, oh yeah, we'll try a voice thing. We'll try a home thing and that'll be it. Or, or whether that's a way to soft pedal it in case they don't get the data they want. I bet if they get the right data though, they, they start selling these things. I don't know. Why not just keep doing what you're doing and doing it well with music? Just yeah. leave with that, you know? Well, I mean, Spotify has doubled down on podcasts, certainly, uh, you know, the last 12 months or so oh, in, that's per- right. in particular. How but... many people want another voice assistant though, right? I think you, no. usually people just want, like, I've I've committed to Amazon or Google or Siri or whatever. I want to keep using that. I don't want to have to have another one. Well, and this is Spotify saying for all the people who don't have smart cars, right? They don't, you know, they can't just, like, connect Bluetooth with their mm-hmm. phone. Um, you know, we're going to offer them a solution. That's why I think the price is very important. Because if it was, like, $2, you'd be like, of course, I'll get it. Yeah, but, right. You know, $15, you might be like, hmm, I don't know. going to get a new car anyway pretty soon. Well, Vlad Savav over at The Verge wrote a piece called Three Big Reasons Why Americans Aren't Upgrading Their Phones. Uh, You know, the market's maturing, but in the United States in particular, the phone upgrade cycle is lengthening. And one of his reasons is that customers are satisfied with what we have. Uh, We don't feel like we need to get a new phone. It's not feeling as slow as it used to after a year of use. Number two reason is that the new, more expensive flagship phones from Apple and Samsung and others just don't provide the compelling innovations to justify the price. It's not that they don't have innovations. We just look at it and go, hmm, do I need to spend $1,000 or more for that? Maybe not. And number three reason is the phones that are innovating at lower price points are generally from Chinese manufacturers like Huawei, that have almost no presence in the United States. OnePlus <laughs> is one of the exam- one of the exceptions here. And I guess the Pixel 3a is, is an attempt by a domestic manufacturer to do that. But uh, that last point also includes a lack of competition in the U.S. from Oppo, Vivo, Huawei, Xiaomi, etc., uh, which might push Apple and Samsung a little harder, maybe bring down their prices. Who knows? What do you guys think of this? 
Why not move point number two to number one? <laughs> you just want to reorder them? Yeah, that, that's yeah. fair. I, I, these these phones cost way too much, and it, and everybody just can't afford them. So most people are going to you know try to be somewhat smart with their devices and take care of them with cases and screen protectors and things like that. Because even if you have the insurance coverages and whatnot, you're still spending additional money every year, and it's just not worth you know, continuing to buy more and more expensive devices when it's doing marginally different stuff. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I, I, I got the new, you know, uh, 10S, 10X Max or 10S Max. And uh, I hadn't gotten a new iPhone in three years before that. And my old one was quite beat up by that point, but right. it worked fine. It was still and, serviceable. Yeah. Right? And, you know, and I still, you know, I still get sort of like the googly eyes where, when they're like, we've made the camera twice as good as before. I'm like, oh, it's going to be great. Like, what? Am I a professional photographer? No, not right. really. So, like, a lot of the stuff, it, it sounds really good, but it is negligible when it comes to, you know, um, upgrading unless you, you, you're truly on, I don't know, a phone so old that you can't uh, update the newest iOS or, you know, I'm talking about iPhones, of course, but right. it applies to lots of, you know, flagship phones. But, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think price is a, is a huge issue. Um, and it's gotten a lot of media play. Uh, and it does, that, that does play into the, to the point three too. the fact that we don't have as many of these lower cost phones because a lot of them are made by companies that just aren't marketing them here for various reasons, some of which is the trade war, some of it's not. Right. Um, and, and so we just don't have as many options for those lower priced phones. So if you go into a store and you're like, well, it's all Apple and Samsung, you might just walk, turn around and walk right back out. It also just reminds me of the conversation that we had about desktop computers and then laptops. Mm -hmm. And now with the mobile phones, mm -hmm. like they're so good. Why would you right. need to keep upgrading once a year? You don't, as yeah. long as you take care of it. That's kind of where I am. I just don't feel that my phone needs upgrading anymore. Whereas it used to get like, you know, more than a year into using a phone, you start to feel slow. It starts yeah. to feel laggy. It just doesn't. Yeah. I will say when I was at Walgreens the other day using Apple Pay, um, the the cashier was like, you should really put something on your phone. <laughs> you think? You <laughs> were cringing for you? I don't, I don't rock a case. I was like, thank you for the advice. I will keep that in mind. <laughs> Google is adding two new features to live transcribe new features, which automatically transcribes speech. If you're not familiar with it, the first is adding sound events like a dog barking or a phone ringing or somebody laughing or more with an indicator that appears at the bottom of the screen. The second new feature is the ability to save transcriptions for up to three days locally on the phone. Live transcribe is available on Android phones. Shoot. <laughs> iOS users, sorry. And the new features will roll out next month. Yeah, so it doesn't make the dog bark. It's basically transcribing. And in the transcription, if it hears a dog bark, it'll put, you know, in, in brackets, dog barking. Uh, well, I guess it doesn't put it in brackets. It just puts it down at the bottom of the phone because you're the idea is that you're looking at this live. Right. And it'll be able to tell you like, hey, this is going on in the background. So I guess if you're if you're using live transcribe to understand a conversation, uh, and you hear the phone ring, I, su I suppose you could respond. Uh, I don't know if it's used that way, but, you know, theoretically, you could respond and say, hey, do you need to get that? I, or I don't know. 
Well, and I think it's also uh, for, you know, anybody, myself included, you know, let's say you're, you know, recording a podcast and there's an ambulance and you're like, okay, hold on, everyone stop, you know, wait for it to go by. If, you know, if Google can sort of differentiate between the stuff and, and, and take out some of the, you know, sort of start of the accessibility the nature of it. of it. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I think that, that, that's pretty helpful. Hmm. I'll see it when it happens. I don't have much faith in that <laughs> just yet. <laughs> Well, I think it's, I think it's a boon for for people who need this for accessibility. In other words, they you know they they just uh, they they're unable to hear, they don't hear very well, uh, right. and this sort of, right. sort of transcribes things for them and gives them uh, a richer description of the ambiance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. In June last year, all major U.S. mobile carriers promised to stop selling customer location data to third parties after a security issue leaked some real-time location data. Remember the whole kerfuffle about Securus and AT&T? Well, FCC Commissioner Jessica Rosenworcel has published letters from the carriers with updates to their programs. Here's what she found. T-Mobile terminated its program in March. AT&T ended all its programs March 29th. Verizon ended its location selling to Location Smart and Zoomago in November 2018, uh, excluding one specific use case for a roadside assistance service, which ended in March. So AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon all had them had their programs ended by March, is what they say. Sprint still has theirs going, but the contract with location aggregators with them ends May 31st, and they say that they will not. Uh, extend those contracts after May 31st. An ongoing FCC investigation is determining whether the sales violated Section 222 of the Communications Act. Uh, that's separate to the fact that they've shut them down. It's it's looking into whether it was illegal for them to do these deals in the first place. AT&T argues that it wasn't, of course, uh, but we'll see where that goes if it goes anywhere. Yeah, interesting that March was sort of the month for everybody except Sprint, who's like, eh, we got contracts through the end of May. I don't see a lot of uh, outrage about this, but I wonder why that was more important than saying, eh, you know, we we you know we we want the public to be uh, happy, and we're going to terminate something early. I'm not. I, I buy more into Sprint since they're saying, hey, we still got it going right now. We're not quite ready. Mm-hmm. I'm calling BS with the other folks saying, yeah, we've already cut it off. Yeah, sure. We're yeah. not. I, I mean, anything. these, these oh. contracts could have been quarterly, which would have them ending in March. I could, I could. Okay. See yeah. There's that. Case. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree that, uh, before you feel a hundred percent confident, uh, <laughs> let's, let's do some audits, you know, let, let's, right. let's check and make sure, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully they're, they're telling the truth. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to our sister show, DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right. As we mentioned earlier this week, Adobe launched a new version of Lightroom CC. Ant wrote up a story for Tech Republic about it, and I know you were taken in part by the interactive learning part of the update. Oh, definitely, definitely. This 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 really hit me right in the feels, if you will, because... Photographers starting out, most of them are going to sort of migrate towards the world of Lightroom. And the first time you open up Lightroom, it can be rather intimidating. You know, so the next thing you're going to do is start looking up resources and and going on YouTube and how to use Lightroom. And there's never anything that's pretty concise or, or something that can give you a why you want to click this slider and this and that. And 
I, I give Adobe kudos because they're taking real world photographers, renowned photographers, and having them create this content to walk you through the ins and outs and the theory behind doing this adjustment versus that adjustment. Well, so Aunt, you mentioned, you know, tutorials and videos and how they can be unhelpful. What is interactive about this and why is it so great? When you're using it on a mobile device, whether it's your tablet or your phone, you get haptic feedback because the videos walk you through and say, hey, click here to, to make this adjustment now. And know if you do the wrong thing and that sort right. of even okay. Even if you want to move the slider to, say, increase the exposure, if you increase it too much, it stops you and say, hey, no, no, that's that's too much. Go back. Wait, does the bit. video tell you that or does it just give you a prompt? It, it gives you a prompt and it gives you oh, haptic okay. feedback. Okay. All right. It's pretty slick. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was for a minute. I was wondering if the person on screen went like, "Nope, too far." <laughs> so it's not quite that advanced. That's what are you much, thinking? But, yeah, but it still works. It gives you the haptic feedback, which is good. Yeah, it's pretty slick. You know, I, I because we're we're talking about Lightroom. I use Photoshop. I am not a Photoshop expert by any means, but I do use it for certain aspects of some of, um, some of the work that I do. I also use Premiere. So I'm a creative cloud subscriber to several different services. You know, it always sort of strikes me as like, I mean, why doesn't Adobe spend more time making Photoshop more accessible rather than have a completely different standalone product that in many cases, certainly for me is probably just as robust as I would need. Well, it is accessible for $10 a month. Well, sure. But, but you know, Photoshop is sort of like the, ooh, you know, that's the big guns. Yeah. Lightroom yeah. is really, really good for, you know, more of the everyday person who, I you know, know. Is, is interested in photography. I mean, why, why, why spend so much time, um, put, you know, putting juice into Lightroom uh, when there's also Photoshop? Yeah, that that's a good that's a good question, and hopefully you can get people like Terry White, you know, their their big evangelist, to to do more than his little online live streams that he do to walk you through things. But something similar to what's been going on with Lightroom, that that would be really good. But it's so much in Photoshop, it could be a pretty serious uh, undertaking there. You know, well, and I, I wonder. If- if this Lightroom uh, feature is a way to to kind of prove the case, right? To say let's let's do it with the easier to use one because it's it's more intense right. to do Photoshop, like you're saying, Ant. Yeah, that's quite possible, you know. But then there's also the aspect of Lightroom CC being on multiple screens, whether it's your phone, whether it's your desktop, laptop, computer, or mobile device. Right now, you're limited when it comes to Photoshop. You know, and people are going to want to learn wherever they can learn, whether it's sitting at the uh, on a plane going across mm-hmm. the, the country. Or and that's, that's true for audio editing software as well. I mean, I use Logic uh, predominantly, yeah. even though I could probably use GarageBand for the for most right. things, you know, <laughs> but I'm like, I want the cooler you know, <laughs> audio software, but it's also more limiting. I, right. you know, I, I can't do my work on mobile devices. Can't do right. it. Right. Yeah, there's a couple of advantages of building it into the computer too, right? Or to, into the software is, is first of all, like you say, when you're on a plane, uh, you probably can't stream YouTube uh, nope. and and see a video. Whereas if this is locally cached, uh, you might be able to get it. Although I don't know if it is. May, they may be streaming it from the internet as well. Yeah, they're probably streaming it. And so that may not be so much of an advantage. But the other thing is a lot of times when you go out on the internet, you find people who assume you have knowledge that you don't. 
<laughs> when you want to do a particular thing. And at least this knows kind of where you are on the on the scale. Right. Right. That's the thing. Lightroom, there's so much in there, not in comparison to Photoshop, but it, it could really be confusing. When I started out with Lightroom, it, it upset me that I didn't figure out the UI. Basically, you start from the top and just work your way down and it would it, it would be a whole much better experience for you. No one ever told me that. There was no documentation on that. But just over time, I figured it out that, oh, this is lined up perfectly. Why no one said this to me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that, that's sort of, you know, that's kind of my question, even though interactive learning tutorials are a great idea. It's like, well, why didn't we do this a long time ago? Because in the help menu, as as I'm sure uh, many of you, uh, you know, can relate, I will I will search for something that I think is like the most basic keyword of whatever issue I'm having. And there's nothing. Nothing. So then it's like, all right, then you go to the internet, you know, and you type in the keyword or, you know, some sort of a string and try to, you know, find something. There are usually lots of questions that apply to the question that I have, <laughs> but not a lot of answers. And have you found, I mean, if, you know, if, if, if Adobe didn't have interactive uh, tutorials to help us all, have you found, uh, you know, certain resources that are, that, that are better than others? Quite frankly, the Adobe evangelists are my favorite go-to. Um, when it comes to photography, definitely Mr. Terry White. Um, when I'm looking at Premiere and Audition and even After Effects, Mr. Jason Levine. And it, they do regular live streams every week. And, and whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on YouTube, they're doing something every week to help, you know, evangelize the product, but also give you some insight from a professional standpoint. But also letting beginners be very comfortable to say, hey, this is why we're doing this. You know, because there's a lot of things like with audition and, and editing audio that I still struggle with. And they've made it a lot easier for someone like me to just dive in and figure out what the heck an FFT filter is and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I think this is a really smart thing for Adobe to do to to take their evangelist and, and make them teachers because – I get suspicious when I hear the term evangelist and think, oh, okay, you're going to try to convince me your product is better than something else. Right? Exactly. And so I don't want to hear from an evangelist at the purchase decision point, but once I've already got it and I need help using it, I mean, having someone from inside the company is a positive at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, you're basically in a, you're in a classroom, you're right. learning something, you know, so if somebody is a good teacher. That's great. And, and to their credit, Mr. Levine in particular um, there's been a couple times he will say, you know what? Yes, I'm an evangelist, but this particular feature in audition sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he will say it publicly, you know, to let his developers know, Hey, we can do better than this. You know? Well, he gets to say that. Yeah, he can. <laughs> he high enough on the, on the ladder, I suspect. Well, I will, I will say, and you know, audit, audio editing programs, which, you know, even though I use them on a daily basis are mostly a mystery to me. I can't tell you how many YouTube videos I've watched where, you know, the title of the video sounded just like what I needed. And five minutes later, I'm like, what? <laughs> no idea what I just watched. What, you know, There's just unhelpful advice out there. And it's not because people are trying to, you know, lead us astray. It's just because we all learn differently and we yeah. use, we do use these robust tools differently. Well, and the contextual nature of what Adobe's doing here, I think does help as well, because it knows yeah. where you are in the program versus yeah, on YouTube. You have to do some searching until you find like, okay, is this the same case as what I'm trying to fix? So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Sometimes there are photo stories. Sometimes there aren't. Depends on the day. But you can submit your own stories and vote on others. And we we definitely use them for both Daily Tech News Show and Daily Tech Headlines. DailyTechNewsShow.reddit.com is where to point your browser and Facebook.com slash group slash Daily Tech News Show if you hang out on Facebook and you'd like to join our group. Onward to the mailbag. Onward. Jamie, who says... He is a proud DTNS patron, says, I've been searching for months now for a reading solution for my five-year-old son. We do reading for 30 minutes every day after school, and we're focusing on him fully reading his words and not guessing words if he doesn't know them. There are many good paid and freed apps out there, but I had yet found exactly what I needed. In comes DTNS with a story about Area 120's Rivet on Thursday's show. That was yesterday. A free app that basically does exactly what I need a reading app to do for my son. Point out when he pronounces a word wrong. Help with difficult sight words. I was so excited to hear hear about this app. I had to rewind and listen to the whole section again to really hear all those features. (laughs) I feel I would not have learned about this app from another source. So thank you, DTNS, for helping me find this resource for my son. Oh, that's great, Jamie. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Very heartwarming. Thanks, Jamie. And then Jerry over in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, responding to last week's conversation about Redfin trying to replace realtors and, and Red allow direct. To, yeah, do, do direct purchases of real estate. Uh, Jerry said, the real problem with real estate fees is they're a percentage of the sale price. And any realtor will tell you it's hard or harder to sell a $100,000 home than a million-dollar home. Assuming a 2% commission, a realtor will make $20,000 on a million-dollar home, but $2,000 on the $100,000 home. Yet the amount of work they do is about the same. Real estate fees need to be a la carte, flat rates, based on the complexity of the transaction and not the price of the home. Says I wonder if something like Redfin Direct would help this issue that Jerry's having well, or that may, Jerry's pointing out. It made me wonder if you'll see more people looking for the $100,000 home go to Redfin because realtors will be like, yeah, fine. I can't make as much of you anyway. Go use Redfin Direct. Whereas the million-dollar homes will still get that high-touch personal realtor uh, assistance. But again, if Redfin Direct does what it's supposed to do, you don't need the realtor in either scenario, right? Well, yeah, although, you know. I'm not maybe, saying you don't. Maybe people have more peace of mind for. or they just don't want to take take the risk of doing it direct. There's still all the closing stuff that you have to do yourself. And, I, and I'm not sure how that works with Redfin Direct still. I haven't got anybody explain that uh, for me. Yeah. Um, like title insurance, all that sort of thing, which a realtor will often handle a lot of that for you. So. It still seems like the people in that upper echelon of salaries will want that extra white glove touch. Yeah, right. It makes it, sense to me. It, it is what it is. It's, it's the same reason why you can take uh, like a CarMax dealership and put it in two different locations. And if it's in the more affluent location, it's probably not doing as well because those people don't want that type of service. They want a more of a white glove service from a different yeah. dealership. And for the convenience of thinking about it less. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Somebody hold your hand a little bit more. Yeah, I'm fine walking over to uh, the diner and getting my food. Whereas, you know, the, the, the high tone people want a chef in their house making it. <laughs> or at least a postmate to bring it to me. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm, that's some good bechamel. <laughs> uh, bechamel sounds good. Actually, I, 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 I use put bechamel in my macaroni and cheese when i make it yes it's good stuff (laughs) uh hey folks len could not be here today as i mentioned uh happy graduation uh to len but 
he was moved to do some art for us anyway in tribute to Grumpy Cat. If you're a Patreon at patreon.com slash Len, uh, then you will have this already in your Len Peralta Patreon, or you can get it at lenperaltastore.com. It's a picture of Grumpy Cat with the words, death sucks. That is awesome. It is so awesome. It makes me want to cry. It's so cute. This is one of your best, Len. I'm not saying something. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you, Len, even though you couldn't be here today. And also thanks to Ann Pruitt for being with us this fine Friday from (laughs) Nord. uh, I was going to call it NorCal. NorCarol? You guys say that? (laughs) North Kaki-Laki, North Carolina. All right. There you go. Uh, And let folks know where they can keep up with all your fascinating work. Well, first off, there's always techrepublic.com, but go ahead and give me a follow over on Instagram because I love snapping the photos. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhones. Yeah, man. And you're using Lightroom to make them look all good and stuff, right? And what's your Instagram handle for anybody who's who's feeling lazy? I'm sorry. Aunt Pruitt. That might help, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and also, can I I give a shout out to the folks at nami.org? That's N-A-M-I dot org. Because this month, May, is Mental Health Awareness Month. Let's uh, go over and check them out on their blog and learn a little bit more about mental health awareness and mental health illnesses. And let's uh, get rid of the stigma that's around mental illnesses. Absolutely. I feel depression. I have anxiety disorders and I shouldn't have to feel worse about that than somebody who's, you know, got recurring colds or or some kind of some kind of other malady. It's 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 just a health issue. You know, go get it. Go get it treated. Protect the brain. Protect the brain, everybody. Yeah. Nami.org, N-A-M-I dot O-R-G. Thank you, Ant, uh, for that. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. And thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon, patreon.com slash D-T-N-S. This show is majority funded by you. Uh, You are the people we listen to 
above anything else, any other consideration, including our own, uh, is our bosses at patreon.com slash DTNS. So if you want to be one of our bosses uh, and get a bunch of uh, membership perks too, you, you get special episodes, you get get to vote on uh, the products that Sarah's reviewing. There's all kinds of cool stuff, including extended versions of uh, the show called Good Day Internet. You can find all that at patreon.com slash DTNS. Do you have something on your mind? We'd love to hear it. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday. If you can join us, please do so. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC is when it all goes down. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.